0: Welcome to Lessons from the Field, where I talk with staff members from the Austin Independent School District about teaching and learning in our community. Discussions focus on various education topics and how they impact and empower teachers and students. My name is Mark, and I'm so very glad and humbled that you have joined us today. another Lessons from the Field, another season. We took some time off this summer. We had a lot of different projects and work and busy things going on our schedule, and we're going to kick things off again this season with a dear friend of mine and my supervisor, uh, Mr. David Reinhardt, the Director of Professional Learning. Good morning, David. How are you today? Good morning, Mark. Good morning, everyone. I'm, I'm doing very well. Glad to be here uh, chat with you a little bit today. Yeah, I'm excited about where this is going to go and talking about the work of professional learning and supporting, you know, teaching and learning in the district. But but before we do that, David, you have a a very, I would say, unusual route to your current position, working in Mexico, working as a wilderness therapist. I mean, you have a, a master's in multicultural and special education. Can you just... Talk a little bit about the background and how how did you end up as a director of professional learning in a rather large urban school district? Sure. Well, thanks, Mark. Appreciate
1: that. Out of college, knew that I wanted to help people and I wanted to work outside and particularly help young people and uh, found my way to a outdoor therapeutic school for, um, for lack of a better term, delinquent youth, um, long term, um, where they really came to live in the woods for about 18 months and earn their lives back. Really found the value of relationships, challenging myself, challenging others to grow, faced a lot of um, fears and my own things as well and kind of really grew up there in a lot of ways and and saw some amazing growth in people and um, always knew I'd have a, a, you know, some sort of career in education um, and really uh, found the passion for growing people. And so been a teacher, a coach, middle school principal, definitely wanted to work abroad. I'm Hispanic and have strong ties to Mexico and Spain and so lived in different places and, and kind of came back and got into public education about 10 years ago um, in different roles and teaching and coaching and found my way to Austin. The Really, the work of professional learning is something I'm very passionate about. I, I believe firmly in the ability for people to grow and want to support that work and have been blessed to find a lot of great colleagues and, and staff to work with here that also believe in that. And, and so it's it's a truly an, a joy and an honor to help uh, serve in that role.
0: Thank you, David. Does that lead into kind of the first talking point, I think is we've all been busy this summer and there's been a lot of supports and, and projects in place to help start the school year here in school year 21, 22. So can you talk a little bit about the guidance, the direction of the professional learning team uh, on supports that we're, that we've been working on almost really since the spring, but throughout the summer to help kick off the school year? What does that look like? Great question. And, and so big picture, um, going
1: back into the school year, um, you know, educators are faced with a, with a, another challenging task of, of bringing folks together after a unique 18 months um, or so, and where are kids at? How are they feeling? What, are, what do they need social, emotionally, mentally, and how do we find out where they're at academically as well and really um, getting to know the kids and, and bringing them back in as a community of learners. And so that's been a big focus for a lot of the different teams in, in the district and educators as whole. Well. And so there's been a lot of focus on what, what can we do to get the right kind of data? What can we do to um, really continue to leverage the importance of families and caregivers that we learned in the pandemic? What can we keep doing that we were doing virtually and use those new skills to really highlight and emphasize more personalization in the classroom for kids? And so that's kind of big picture um, where a lot of the work for education has gone. Um, And definitely how do you then differentiate for those needs, whether it's with special services or different language models or other related services to really get the students what they need. And so I think that's kind of big picture where the learning needs have been for staff over the last several months. And so as a team, we've really looked at what what can we do to align ourselves to that and and really knowing it's a tough year for educators and particularly novice educators who might've had a field experience, virtual or not been in a classroom, a lot of unique needs right now. So one of the things as a team that we really wanted to do is align our systems of supports. We, we have a very strong um, teacher induction program, a great welcome or orientation week. We have a district wide mentoring program that is um, super solid, grounded in research. And we've launched additional mentoring work, had ongoing series of social events and, and learning. We started TIP mid-year conference last year to, to have a touch point in the middle of the year for our late hires. We've added a lot of additional pieces. And, and they're all very strong independently, but we've really tried to connect the dots to make them into clear learning progression um, for this year, for the first year in AISD, whether you're a novice teacher, whether you're an experienced teacher, what are those systems of supports and people and events and learnings and social events that are available and how do they connect? And so we've really built out our AISD Connect, which is that kind of ongoing supports after the welcome week and into a clear focused progression with different themes, a year-long course and asynchronous study um, and synchronous supports for culturally responsive teaching in the brain. There's a whole lot of elements to it, but big picture, um, we've really tried to align our systems of supports into a clear learning progression to support all staff, but particularly those new to
0: AISD um, right now. And We do have an acronym for CONNECT. The Community of Newly Networked Educators Coming Together. And so I think that aligns very much with the theme. Yes, I did remember <laughs> the acronym.
1: It's a big one. It's a big one, but it works.
0: It, it absolutely works. It absolutely works. Part of part of that learning progression, part of one of the things that's really, really crucial district-wide, that a focus on equity. And focus on culturally responsive instruction. How does that how does that tie in with our with the thoughts of this progression?
1: Sure. And and I mean, equity work we want infused in, in all of our work and all of our professional learning and all of the things that we're doing. And, and we've taken steps to continue over the last couple of years, you know, working with all the departments and staff that provide professional learning. And how do you use those equity tools and lenses through? your design and facilitation of professional learning, how do you um, become aware and more culturally responsive as a professional learning provider, and we sincerely um, look for all the places where that fits in our work, whether it's day one, you know, making that very clear about the priorities in AISD and the vision um, around educational equity in the district, front and center for someone's first day experience, to deeper learning around partnerships and, and what you bring to the table and what your students and colleagues bring to the table. Um, and, and as i mentioned, uh, we wanna keep that going and have that year long work following um, the culturally responsive teaching in the brain, um, as well as bring in those other experts in the district and teams to really um, continue those conversations. We know that's ongoing work. We know that educational equity is not gonna be achieved today in AISD and, it, and it's a commitment as a community and as a group of educators. So we've really, try to be intentional in our own work and our own selves, as well as um, align and collaborate with all the other relevant participants and players um, to make sure that we are working towards achieving that goal. We have, as you know, Mark, strong collaborations with different offices. We meet regularly um, to help align all the cultural proficiency and inclusiveness offerings for the variety of staff members and, and we've done a lot of great work in that area and excited about the things uh, to come there.
0: And as you were responding to that in the educational equity, an upcoming podcast, uh, I'm literally looking forward. i to talk to Dr. Newell and Dr. Ross and Dr. Allen a little bit more about what they had presented at our teacher induction program district celebration. And so little precursor f- for our audience that's okay. coming up. Bravo, Mark! One of the greatest skills in delivering
1: professional learning using that foreshadowing, right? Let them know what's coming, hook them in. So um, they'll certainly be more intriguing than what I have to say. I I doubt that.
0: (laughs) Should be fun. It should be fun. You know, and I can't help but think, David, the, the great work that an intent that we're that we're trying to do to onboard new hires and really welcome them and make them feel like this is a home. I'm thinking. I'm thinking back to when I started in the district and that was a long time ago, the the items I wish I had that, that weren't present to support me. And so I'm thinking I'm a new hire and I attend the new hire session at some point over the summer. And then there's an opportunity for me to attend kickstart and how, how kickstart has been designed a little bit. And then we have our district day where our superintendent provides a message and we go over our strategic framework and Where did the vision for all of that come from? Because I know a lot of it came from our our previous director, Jan, but the way it's really flourished in the past couple of years is just, I I love it. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, I think um, I was fortunate to to work in a different role in talent acquisition and development where I I got to support um, the work of all the teams, not just professional learning, um, also talent acquisition, employee effectiveness, um, leadership development, and and see how those pieces could connect and, and become stronger. And so I think that really allowed me to learn a little bit more and get a different view on on the onboarding process and what the, what's that like. And, and we're not perfect. We got a long way to go, and we're going to keep getting better and better at it every year. We, what do we say? Uh, we have the burden of caring, um, or because we care, we can't just spin it back out year to year, and we want to make those improvements but looking at what is that true life cycle of an AISD staff member and that experience where you come and you're, you're overwhelmed and you're getting the fire hose and, and your biggest need is, is where's this document I need to provide and, and how do I get credit for my years of service and, and what are my benefits? A badge, what does that do? And, and very important but very logistical pieces too in order to be employed. And, and that takes a lot of mental capacity. As, as um, someone who's changed jobs a lot, moved around in, in different places and countries, it takes a lot of brain power. Okay, once you get through that, we weren't really doing enough to get the, the kickstart. The, the folks that were ready, onboarded early, and, and were asking those questions, and where do I find my curriculum? And what does the day-to-day look like? I, I talked to y'all real briefly, but I was more focused on my batch. And so trying to build in things around how can we kickstart those folks to let them get ahead of the game, even before the orientation or t- tip welcome week? Um, how can we get ahead of that? And how can, then can we really keep getting better and better and differentiating? And, and we've done different strategies using the personalized learning conference. We really need to get better and better at even how we're serving the, the folks joining later in the school year. And we need to continue to look at how we're serving other position groups outside of teachers and instructional staff. And we have started that work a few years ago. You know, we got a long way to go, but I think seeing how that true life cycle of a staff member from their time here at the beginning, um, hopefully for a long time here until the end, it's, it's just been something that I think a bigger human capital lens has, has been helpful to kind of connect some
0: dots. And that, and that reinforces, you know, one of our primary goals is to keep and retain high-quality teachers in the classroom. That's really a focus of professional learning under the talent acquisition umbrella. Yeah,
1: Yeah, keep and retain, and and we want to grow them and equip them to get better and better and open more doors for kids while they're here, and and there's a lot of great ways that folks can learn and grow here. Yes, very much so.
0: There's been a lot of pivoting, continual pivoting, continual change. We learn to remain to be nimble. How has professional learning responded to the needs of the district and what we hear from teachers. And we may even go back a little bit even to the spring, but. Sure, Uh,
1: good question. And um, it makes me think a lot about how fortunate we were to have really tried to elevate teacher voice and teacher input and teacher expertise and I use teacher for other staff types as well here. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be a teaching role, but just all the expertise out there in the field and how we've been intentional about leveraging that more and more through the, you know, personalized learning conference, which you deserve a medal for, for creating a schedule for, by the way, which great event. Uh, we've really got a lot of teacher leaders. We have our leadership pathways program, which has been really growing some great teacher leaders with some really great skills that, that we've learned to leverage. And, and so our team, we, we did a lot of that. We also served as teachers last year. A lot of the team did. We listened a lot. We, we really started pulling in teacher groups into what we called think tanks um, to hear and learn and see. We also sent out you know, film crews to see what it looked like out in the classroom and share that with other staff members um, in, in real time as a learning experience. And so we've been really intentional about how do we continue to elevate um, that teacher voice. And I think that served us well um, because of the unique ways that teachers have had to respond over the last year and a half. And, and no one has all the expertise. And we really have to have a community of learners. And by being able to listen and learn, we've really been able to tailor some of the professional learning um, to elevate um, opportunities for staff to learn from each other. And, and we hope that trend continues, and, and that's something we've been recently working heavily on is with the creation of a virtual school to respond to that community need and provide that option, and that's a big pivot for a lot of our staff members and, and how to learn from each other and elevate those skills that we have experienced and, and enhanced over the last 18 months or so. So I think that's one area. Uh, certainly, there's been a whole lot of other responses and changes over the um, course of the last unique situation, but I think
0: that's one that really comes to mind. Well, and you, and you bring up the think tank, and you bring up elevating teacher voice. That's really the, the reason for this podcast as well. A lot of the episodes, we, we reach out to our to our teachers to just talk about what's going on, what's working, what advice do you have, and so that's sort of of the podcast and the reason that we're doing this yeah
1: lesson from the field and and what a great catchy title we came up with and (laughs) and great vision from you and and others to build a podcast and and provide it that way as well and i'm happy to talk about them and just celebrate them and thank everyone that has been a part of all those numerous um pieces whether it's been think tanks or conferences or podcasts thank you
0: and and the other pivot too david that i'm that i'm noticing is we're still learning to pivot on delivering professional learning in different ways. Um, There's still a lot of, this is how I've always done it, and this is what I'm most comfortable with, and how can we help think outside of the box? That goes for teachers delivering instruction in the classroom, that goes for our providers working with adults. That seems to be a continual, like, how do we do this?
1: Yeah, early on, um, I mean, that was in March, 2020, What? how do we do professional learning virtually? Yeah. How, how do we change these things? And knowing that folks were so saturated and so much worry on everyone's minds and, and that still is a continual evolution. Um, and, and we challenge a lot of people's thinking. Five years ago, I would have said this content can never be delivered online, whether on a Zoom call synchronously or asynchronously in a blend course, because it was so, it had to be delivered in person in a room. And my, how many things I've said that about now, have I changed my opinion on? And we've really had to kind of lean in and and say, what are the most important things? How do we really reduce and get the coherent, consistent, simplified message? There's not a lot of time. And folks are out there working really hard to support, you know, our community right now. And so it's real important that we stay nimble. We keep learning. Um, We keep looking at our content and, and what really matters. Where does it align? Where is it already being delivered and how can I simplify? How can I look at other ways to engage? Because one, for all the reasons we mentioned, but two, staff has gotten amazing at learning in different ways and receiving information in different ways. You know, right now, if if I opened up all the things on my computer and phone, I'd have six different forms of communication coming to me at any given time. And that's a different way to operate. And I'm not saying as a human, that's ideal,
0: but there's good, <laughs> good and
1: bad, right? <laughs> and and there's different ways folks learn and, you know, leverage things. And so, for example, we decided to keep AICEDU's personalized learning conference virtual this year versus TIP where we felt like, uh, welcome, we really needed to be in person. You need to be in those classrooms with those master teachers and on your campus and, and coming together as a community. Well, EDU, we look at the leverage and we're able to expand our reach and provide a professional learning to people in different places more equitably and elevate that teacher voice. And so what have we learned and, and what can we continue to enhance? So, yes, very much being nimble and, and trying to help and support folks thinking through what that looks like. And um, there's not a lot of time, right? We're still yep. catching up on minutes and requirements from the state and trying to fulfill the needs on campuses. So we have to be creative in how to support staff and, and staff have really answered and, and become independent learners, but also expect information in a different way.
0: And I think I appreciate that very much about the conference as well, as you didn't have to be in Austin necessarily to, tend, to attend a session and allowing staff to have that flexibility, or even our facilitators, because they're still experts. So that, I mean, it's great that we were still able to utilize them at the conference, right? To, um, I mean, and it's so much more efficient. We're gotcha. dabbling in it in some ways, but
1: there are times that, that we gain a lot of efficiency and in our staff's time, as well as our own. What can we record? What can we do online? What can we pull people where they can stay on their campus, you know, and, and those things are important for us to be an agile organization. And we're happy to help lead and, and be thought partners on that work for others.
0: So David, I don't know if you heard this in your own voice, but you you started to get a little bit more excited talking a little bit about the conference and the tip and that sort of stuff. So I'm kind of curious when you wake up in the morning and you're coming into work, what are some of the things that excite you about the work of professional learning or the district? What's I, get,
1: what? I know Mark, I said, I was going to talk slowly on this podcast, <laughs> blow myself down. Now you want me to get excited. <laughs> a lot excites me. Number one, there's the, just a great community of, dedicated, um, smart, passionate, hardworking people in our schools, in our central office that are here to support kids. And I learn so much from different people every day. Um, And as a learner, that excites me. And I'm excited about, um, I I like unknowns a little bit. (laughs) I like um, to be able to find creativity in new places. And I think we have that. And I know that we all want school to return, but we don't quite want it to return to normal and and all the way um, because there were some things we needed to change uh, to serve kids better. And so I'm excited about that work. I'm excited about all the new skills and learnings we've done and how they can enhance the work and goals we already have. You know, how can we better grow and retain and support educators equipped with this whole new skill set? This whole different way to learn and interact and engage, and at the same time knowing that there were limitations and we still need that human element and that face-to-face contact. And you know, I've been out. I've been fortunate to be out on some campuses over over the last few weeks, and I've I've missed kids immensely, like like most people on this call. And um, thrilled to to work with teachers and see um, the light bulbs come on when they when they see the supports that are available and the great work the curriculum teams and support teams and special education teams are putting out there to support teachers and and our students and so i it's just been great to see those smiles on on faces even a tear or two um, when they see some of the things that can help make their lives easier that's been very exciting as well as
0: being being able
1: to get back on campuses
0: yeah you're our Seems like the district's multi-age classroom guru right now. We're going out, and then you were at one of our elementary schools, or like maybe a couple at this point, I think. I'm not even sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's been a fun creative space, too. And I wouldn't call any of us quite gurus. We do have some <laughs> teachers in the district that have been doing it, and, and they're pretty amazing. Uh, but yeah, learning about how that uh, can work and work really well for kids it's been a fun effort as we've had a, some multi-age classrooms and some of our younger grades this year for the first time and and really looking at wow what great mentorship and and collaboration opportunities and social emotional opportunities but as well as what a great way to push kids past their zone of proximal development into the next And really reap some great classroom culture and academic and growth rewards out of that situation is what i'm hoping to see as we support um, those campuses and teachers and i've and as i mentioned earlier this kind of takes us back to the beginning starting out in multi-age setting myself 11 to 18 year olds from all over the country with a wide array of backgrounds and experiences and eventually when i moved from the treatment side into the kind of schoolhouse side uh, of the shop. It really was great to see what it looked like in a one-room schoolhouse kind of setting and how the kids could really support e- each other and, and model and grow and mentor in that environment as well. So uh, yeah, we'll see um, what we learn from that and, and how we can continue to grow um, kids and staff.
0: We've talked a lot about Nimble and Pivot and different things that we've added and discovered so you can take this a little bit personally professionally however you want to do this but what are some things that you realize i don't need this anymore i'm going to i'm going to set this part of my work my life aside and these are things in the pandemic where wow i needed this i need to add this I'm, it's now an important part you know just thinking through Things you've kept, things you've changed, added, gotten rid of. Well, you open up the personal arena, too. One of the things
1: certainly is taking <laughs> care of yourself. Yeah. Um, I've had to double down on, on taking care of myself physically, um, whether that's exercise or diet or, or those sorts of things or meditation, just making sure that I'm taking care of myself. Um, and I think that's been um, a mantra from a lot of folks <laughs> for some yeah. time, but it has been a stressful um, little bit. And so certainly uh, double down on on some efforts there. And and I know a lot of staff have and and to find those supports to help you do that and invest in them. Um, That's something I've been more intentional about. It's not just doing it, but investing in it. Um, Whether, you know, that means spending a little more money or time and effort or sacrificing other things to make sure I'm investing in it. That's one. And I think two, I don't know about the get rid of, but, but learning to be more efficient maybe I don't need to meet as much because I have other forms to stay in closer contact ah, yeah. with folks. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's a team's thread or, or different tools to stay more connected or learn to work better asynchronously as a group so that you can get more efficient and maybe not need to meet as much. You know, I felt like well, some days and certainly in the pandemic, it was 12, 13, 14 hour days and still can be sometimes on Zoom, right? All day. But, but I think something I've, I've tried to be very intentional about is, is what can I do not meeting as much, which can be a challenge. Some days get very booked, And so I think, you know, looking for ways to just use new tools to, to leverage your time better um, is something that I think we've all hopefully learned from.
0: And you know those meetings, David, it seems like they're they're back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I've learned, okay, I'm going to schedule it until 945 and – and sure, there's a ten or fifteen minute break in there.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take over Zoom someday and not let them start on the hour. It's gonna be <laughs> only at eleven five, so that we can actually use the restroom or take care of something. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, that that was something that that was painful. Was there was no transitions and and really, nope. um, just clicking from one to the other to the other to the other. And we have to be more intentional about that. So that's the way I'm I'm trying to think through something to not toss or get rid of, but be more um, strategic and efficient about when, when I'm meeting and about what, for how long and what I can do asynchronously or just, you know, collaborating in different ways.
0: Okay. So final question, and then we're going to do a little bit of, of fun stuff. Either what advice would you give staff or what is something that you've learned that you would care to share with staff? Oh, Wow. Well, looking around the world
1: right now, I see, uh, you know, there's a lot of polarization and, and there's a lot of tension around different topics. And I just encourage people to to give each other grace and to not judge other folks' situations or decisions. Um, this is a very unique time and, and you don't know everybody's story. Um, you don't know everybody's experience. And I I just see a lot of that sometimes and, and just hope that, you know, it's just humans and, and people that interact as a community and as coworkers and colleagues, whether you agree or disagree, you're, you're not judging and just giving people
0: the space to be themselves. All right, David. So a couple fun questions for you now. I've been, okay. having, fun, I've been having fun this whole time, just to good. clarify. Good, good. I'm glad. So, so David, I know you, one of your passions is cooking you've shared that with me before so what's your favorite dish to cook uh, one pick several if you wish
1: okay one um i mean of course there's grilling and meats and I uh, do enjoy a brisket made one sunday night and been eating it for the last three dinners so that's made me happy it comes top of mind um but i'm, I'm really enjoy making a salmon bisque oh wow yeah salmon bisque is amazing um but in terms of where where the most joy and, and sense of identity and, and honor that I get from cooking is making um, you know my mother and grandmother's homemade flour tortillas. Oh, nice! Uh, and that recipe, which I've tinkered with to make more healthy over time, and done different things um, with <laughs> it. But but you can just kind of feel the spirit of the ancestors right there in, in that moment, and and to share it with um, loved ones or, or friends is is really a blessing.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Here's another one for you. So I know basketball is another one of your passions. Do you have a favorite basketball player of all time? I do. I
1: do have (laughs) a favorite basketball player of all time. One, Emmanuel Ginobili of the San Antonio Spurs. Yes. You know, they, obviously they, they played the game very well. Team first. Um, sometimes I get saddened with, uh, some of the me first things in in the sport, you know, the epitome of self-sacrifice, um, to come off the bench and to be a distributor and do what was right for the team and um, great representative for his country his, uh, culture um, and really does a lot of great things for the community. So he would definitely be my favorite basketball
0: player of all time. That's funny. All right, David, one final question. Um, do you have a book you're reading right now or a book that you would recommend?
1: Sure. I'm going to go with, uh, not professional books, just finished, um, the soul of an octopus, not saying it doesn't have professional connections, um, but more for pleasure reading the soul of an octopus, um, you know, great story about um, a really unique creature, um, and species and, and really learned a lot about it. And, and very much, there's still so much we don't know that animal in particular and, and what consciousness means and, and I was just fascinated by learning about that animal and, and pushing, you know, the realm of what, what we think about consciousness and, and the animal world. And this uh, this morning I started um, The Bird Way, um, another book about birds and what we can learn from them. And, and it seems to be it's going to go into some really great things. So I'll have to report back on that one. But right now I'd say The Soul of an Octopus.
0: All right. You know? Um, I know Ashley from our team will love The Bird Book. So, anyway, well, hey, David, I really appreciate you taking the time with me this morning. Enjoy the conversation. Enjoyed hearing what's on your mind and looking forward to continued, continued work moving forward.
1: Thanks, Mark. And, I, and thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you tune back in and really hear from some of our folks out in the field um, in upcoming podcasts. We're very excited to continue to learn together through this. And so, and thank you, Mark, for, for your efforts to keep us moving forward and, and elevating that voice.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. These podcasts are produced by the Professional Learning Department of the Austin Independent School District. Be sure to subscribe. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. You can also follow us on Twitter at AustinISDPL. Please join us again next week for another episode of Lessons from the Field.